Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. All right, welcome to Eagle Nation tonight. We're uh, doing it by Zoom. Um, we'll talk about the clash against the Bullies and we'll talk about the upcoming uh, clash against the Saints in a few days' time. How are you going, Dan? Yeah, it could be better, mate. You know, it's, it wasn't the greatest of losses, you know. It left that hollow feeling, didn't it, really? It was a very frustrating game. Uh, Wayne can't be with us tonight because of uh, previous commitments, so he'll be back next week, hopefully. Yeah, look, uh, look, before we get into the game, let's talk about something that's good. Um, a few players signed on during the week, Liam Ryan for another two years and Petricelli at another three. So if you put them alongside Darling, who's there to 2025, Jamie Cripps, Oscar Allen and Jared Cameron to 22, our forward line's looking all right there. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, it's looking very good. And it's great to lock them in, especially... Uh, more Petch being a Vic boy, you know, when they sign those longish term deals, it's uh, really good to see. And we're really missing him now. With a fit squad, our best 22, he probably might not make it being the young kid and developing still. But right now, with the injuries we have and the plays unavailable, God, you just like his pace in there, you know what I mean? Now would be the good time to get some games under his belt. But Sally, he's another one that's injured. Yeah, um, I think he's a test for this week. So maybe the match fitness, he probably won't come in. We'll talk about the inclusion soon. Um, I don't know if you read today, but the West Coast, have, um, they missed out on hosting the Round 18, uh, North Melbourne here, but they've asked for the Round 18 to be the first game of the round on a Thursday night in case they finish fifth on the ladder so they can get home for uh, the first home final. So basically, that's to me. There's not much confidence going there. <laughs> we need to yeah, win both that's... games. Yes, yeah. Well, it's it's just one of those funny things. Like I actually sit back and finishing top four is so important, and it's ingrained in us. You want to finish top four. You want to finish top four. But this year, like, not to sound so, is just such a joke. Like, if even if we finished top two, we wouldn't have got a home prelim. No. If we finish top four, we won't have one home final. No, no matter if we win even the first round, uh, the first final, we still wouldn't get a home final. So there's a voice in me saying, because this year is so uh, basically, lack of a better word, just a mess, and the way the final series is run is so childishly run right now that you almost want to finish fifth or sixth even just so we get that one more game in Perth as a spectator to be able to go watch the players. I believe, I might be wrong, but our crowds are now up to 38,000. I think they've okayed. Okay. So even if it's not full capacity, which it won't be, like it just wouldn't be great just to have the boys home again, watch a game. And let's be honest, yeah, we might get that extra buy in between, but we'll basically almost have to, win that many games in Queensland anyway. So yeah. I'm thinking if we lock in fifth or sixth, it might not actually be the end of the world only in this season. Regular season, you'd be dead against that. But yeah. yeah. I love, if there's any any season that you could win it from eight, this is probably it because it's so evenly uh, poised with the teams and that. Um, still, personally, for me, I'd rather than finish in fourth. 
just so they have that double chance, even though it is a way. Um, it's just all about mindset. But, you know, look, before we even get to that, we have to get over the Saints this coming Thursday. So instead of talking about that, let's quickly delve into what happened uh, last night. Um, I know we went into the game with five of our best players missing and we nearly did highway robbery and come away with a win. But uh, as we looked on social media, there was lots of um, points where we could have won it and we should have won it. And there's lots of times where maybe we were lucky to be in the hunt. What's your views, Dan? Um, if you asked me before the game, sadly, I was a crook last week um, and was on the podcast, but chewing yo out to me, the two of arguably two of our best midfielders, uh, you know, won't both best and fairest club winners, you know what I mean? Uh, I wouldn't have actually penciled that in as a win. Um, and see, Rioli is the forgotten man, but I'm going to chuck him in there. That's six of our best 22 out. Yeah. Um, so, but the, so you didn't, you know, you wouldn't on paper, you, you hear that, you, know, you wouldn't expect us to win. But as you said, it was a frustrating game to watch because you watched it and we were there the whole time. Yeah. Even when they were getting more of the ball and they were getting a lot more of the ball, we're just so solid in defense that they couldn't capitalize. Uh, a statistic, which is a funny one, you know, I love my statistics. We had more marks inside 50 than them because we weren't allowing them to mark it. So they were having shots like on the play and from snaps, you know, they, they didn't have these easy shots where they could go back and take a breather and take the set shot. So because of that, they missed a lot and were thereabouts. And there were so many pivotal points in those last few minutes where we could have won that game and we lost it. And because of that, it was a gutted. I was gutted. You know what I mean? That was a worse loss to me than the earlier ones we had in the year. But yet, ironically, I, I didn't expect us to win it. But then watching the game, because we're so close to winning it, it was, uh, yeah, it really hit you in the feels, didn't it? Yeah, look, I put myself through the pain and watched it twice. Um, I don't know why I do that, but um, I did it. And um, there were so many little moments in the game where you just sat there and go, like, JK, with four minutes to go on the clock, or oh, I think it was a little bit less trying to get past their, one of their wingers. I'm going, what, what possessed him to do that? You know, it's like he, what he wanted to do, but he's not the fastest man in the team. Um, yeah. you know, things like that just really frustrated me. Jack Darlin missing marks but taking hard marks. That's a, a weekly thing for me with Jack. Um, he got too close a few times on the mark. Uh, look, we all... We all know what happened with that uh, goal line uh, touch. Yeah, now that you've seen the yeah, but now you've seen the visions of all the shots. Do you, yeah, when I was, do you believe when it was over When I first saw it, I thought it was a goal, but then when you see from the back way, and yeah. I, I just just don't know how um, they can come to that conclusion that that was no, um, yeah. um, not uh -oh. a goal. That was a you know a goal, um, but it comes down to this: the umpire's core, and they just take the easy way out. They've got the technology up there, but they don't have the full technology going. And if you want to have a grand final uh, um, separated by an incident like that, there's going to be how to pay. So they need to get their act in the gear and put the, all the cameras up there instead of just one or two cameras. Because from what I hear, they've only got one or two cameras at each ground on the goal line, where the MCG's got four to six. 
Yeah, to be honest, I think they should just scrap it now. I think it's got to the stage where if it's such a close call like that one was, yeah. Um, where and it was clearly touched. Like you see the angles, it hadn't passed the goal line. Um, and it's the pads anyway, not the actual goal posts nowadays, I believe. Like so, if you hit the back of the pad, that's still a behind. That's still a point. Yeah, yeah. And you look at the line; the lines are painted on pretty well, yeah. so they line up with the back of the pad now um so it was clearly touched but i find they're too scared to make that decision they're too scared to to say right that's touched it was very close but it was touched so they just go with umpire's call yeah but uh, so that's my point if they're too scared to make that decision when it's such a close one there's no point having it you know because as far as I'm, as soon as it goes up there it's either a goal or it's not a goal you know, they didn't say it's not a goal. They didn't say it was a goal lead. That is said goal. So if they can't decide, there's no point having it as far as I'm concerned. Um, one thing that I don't know if people notice a lot, and because I watched it a second time, and the umpires need to get on with the opposition team giving the ball back. And as the game got along, every time the Bulldogs gave away a free kick. They took so long to give that ball back. And the umpire would go, hurry up. We only said it once. Now, once you said it, if if he hasn't given it to you by the time you've said hurry up, that should be a 50-metre penalty every day of the week. Um, it just got worse and worse as the game went on. And I made a habit because I noticed it the first time I watched it. And the second time I watched it, it was even more prevalent. And I don't know if the umpires have come out or the Eagles complained about it, but I would be because it was a joke. And then they're throwing it up, lopping it up in the air, which they do. You're supposed to throw it straight back to the player. That's what I was going to say. That's just snuck into the game now, hasn't it? Yeah. Some of them on the weekend were so thrown so high in the air, you just like. It happened, well, in, you know. happened in the Hawthorne and Essendon game as well. Number buyers need to get onto it. Uh, look, we don't want to talk too much about the game because it was frustrating. Um, you know, it was one that got away. It just reminds me of that. It was like Hawthorne all over again last year. We needed to beat Hawthorne to secure that top four spot. And we sort of basically had to win that game to secure a top four spot. And, you know, it didn't happen. Um, I think I think in hindsight, the Hawks game was a lot worse loss on the fact uh, uh, we didn't have all those outs. We had a pretty fit squad. Yeah, we had a good home. Then, yep. And don't get me wrong, uh, people looking at it, oh, that's just an excuse. Uh, no, that's a reality. You know what I mean? We did have all those outs. And the, as far as I can look at that, um, if it's an excuse or not, it's if you had those plays in, do you think you would have won? <laughs> and I guarantee we would have at least got, you know, a couple more points to win that game. Oh, we would have won um, that game. But the Hawks game, as I said, being home, having a pretty good squad there, that was a bad loss. This one was just the personnel wasn't there. You know, there was no one that could really step up and win that game. We were just our, – our, our procedures were just keeping us in that game, as I said, defensively, which is good. But um, a shout-out to Ainsworth, too. Didn't get much of the ball, but you touched on this during the game. But Caleb Daniel um, – was everywhere, you know. He's he's basically uh, not defensively, but he's basically the Bulldogs' Al Hearn. Yeah, he's the selected kicker. They'll try to get it to him all the time to use his foot skills, like we'll do with Hearn. We'll try and get to Hearn a lot in the defence, and he just had he had some nineteen disposals, something ridiculous in the first half, and they put um young Ainsworth on him as a defensive forward, and if you, well, I'm not going to rewatch the game, but you might have picked it up the second half. 
he had not, nowhere near as impact as he did in that first half. He was running right in that first half. Well, actually, as you said, in the last quarter, he had two possessions. Yeah, and that's uh, they put Ainsworth on it. No one would have noticed who played on him, but yeah, he was given that role after Hutch went out. Yep. Um, yeah, I just did well. He did, he did pretty good, and because I was going to say his first half wasn't that great, and that's why I think it was probably a win-win situation for the Eagles. Um, Ainsworth wasn't getting much of the ball, but if he wasn't getting much of the ball, then go on a player and nullify him, and, and it worked. Um, he did it was, make good, it was a good moves. coaching move. Simo made some coaching moves, but just think he made them way too late. Um, I was screaming out all game that um, they had the one extra and sometimes two extra at the stoppages. And then yep. it was in the last quarter, we evened them up and we were winning the ball. And I just thought that was a bit too late to ring those changes in. If he had done it a bit earlier, who knows? But at the end of the day, he didn't do it. So uh, full credit to Bulldogs. They ran hard all day. They ran in numbers. They ran in packs of four. Um, our half forwards didn't run with our half backs. But, you know, at the end of the day, we still stayed in the contest. They had poor kicking maybe at goals. Like we always said, scoreboard pressure. Um, but, yeah, nearly won it. So, unfortunately, we didn't. So, we just got to rue it and make sure we do put better against the Saints. Now, the Saints, they played off on the same uh, day. They won by 14 points, I think it was. Um, where do you see this game being won, Dan? Because they've got some good players. They're, they're playing pretty good footy. Oh, mate, we've just got to do what we did against the Dogs. And I don't think we're going to win the midfield battle anymore. Um, and that's not me being, you know, glass half empty. Anyone listens to the podcast, I'm usually the glass half full kind of guy. But you can't take two of your best and fairest winners out of that team in the same positions yep. and expect to get the same result. Shuey and Yo are our two best midfielders. I'll put them above Kelly right now. Um, Kelly's probably got a higher roof on the, or maybe not than Yo. Yo's pretty good because he's defensive and offensive. But I just feel like those two out is just such a big blow. When one's out, you can handle it. You know, you can cover for him, which we've done many times in the past. But when it's two of your star midfields out, you, it's hard. So we've got to play like we did against the Dogs and just be rock solid in defence. We've got to make this a stingy, it probably won't even be a good game to watch, but a stingy game, not let them score. And if we don't let them score, if we take our opportunities up forward, then it will be a similar game where if we take our chances, hopefully we get the cookies this time, you know what I mean? Well, bit, I don't know. What do you think of that? Where do you think it'll be one? Well, I think Big Nick will be a plus if he's back in. If if the so-called back injury is true, I wouldn't see him coming back in. But to me, there was rumours all week that they were going to rest him and he was saying he didn't want to be rested. And in the end, they said it was a back complaint that he made made him uh, miss, and it was very late core. Look, if he comes back in, I think we just play a lot better when Nick's in the team. Uh, Waterman's up the front. Um, like you said, we, we miss Yo and we miss um, Shuey, and it's a big hole, uh, big holes to fill. Um, I would like to see Gaff in the middle more than out on the flanks and the wings. I thought he wasn't used to, you know, take if he's going to be in the guts, take him in the guts so he gets tagged. You know what I mean? Yes. It makes, um, instead of having him out wide, have him in the guts running with him. And, you know, Gaff can run all day. Um, Kelly didn't probably have his best game. Redden stood up. Um, you know, maybe it is time. Hearn comes back in. They might chuck Duggan into the guts. Yeah, he did actually uh, play up 
a little bit on the wing yeah, yeah, little, in the midfield, a tiny bit. Mm. A little bit, but, you know, because Ern wasn't there, I think that was a big miss too because he's been rock solid. And he hasn't been great this year, but he hasn't been bad either. So he's, he's been very reliable though. Comes he's back good defensively. People forget that. Um, so, look, I think it all depends on... I reckon if Nick comes in, he, he gives us a bit of a spark. Um, like I said, we might have to give up the midfield uh, play and play off them. I think our back line's better than their forward line, but I said that about Eagles against Dogs, and I reckon our forward line's better than their forward line, you know what I mean? They've got some yeah. good players like Rowan Marshall. He's doing all right. He's kicking goals, but he's not playing in the ruck as much. Um Oscar Allen said four possessions in the last two games. Uh, I think he needs to do a little bit more, maybe. Maybe he's just getting not used right, maybe. No, I think he's in definitely in his position. It's just um, you don't use the word lull, but a lot of these second, third-year players, they do that. They yeah. fade in and out. Uh, right now, I just I think we're at the bottom of the barrel of our players that I – I can't see players really coming out on form too much. Maybe the one, two changes. Um, I loved what you said about Nick Nat, though, because it is true. I know we always talk about Nick Nat and his even supporters or even just footy supporters in general. They just love Nick yeah. Nat because it does help bridge that gap with our midfields. They do stand a bit taller and walk a bit taller, you know what I mean? Um, and he, he by himself, you know, he, what's he averaging? Isn't he? He's in the top 10 for clearances in the entire comp. I think you know what I mean? As the ruckman, that's great. The thing is, yeah, top. like I think he's yeah, in like that's, thing now. That, that that's that's almost adding not so much disposals and getting the ball around the ground, but that's not our problem. We get that a bit anyway, mainly from our backs, sort of the half backmen and stuff. That just getting those extra clearances will help get it forward more, give us more opportunities. Because you you know everyone knows once we're in there, we're quite dangerous. Um, yeah. So yeah, that should. Hopefully that is the difference. Well, we we play the Saints this Thursday night, um, five ten at uh, at the Gabba, um, and then we've got a full week before we play North Melbourne, which will be our last game of the year. So basically, we if we win this week and win next week, we're banking on Geelong and the results of Geelong and Tigers for where we finish. If we win both, we finish. We can finish fourth or fifth. If we lose one, we could finish as low as eighth. Um, let's hope we don't finish that low. But like you said, we can win from any – anyone can win from anywhere in the finals. This year. <laughs> um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. We let the one slip. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the content, condensed fixtures. I'm not a big fan of the whole season this year, as you have pointed out quite a lot, but we're doing it. We're trying to get it finished, um, but that's for another show. I could talk all about the fixture and all that, but yeah, look, I'm quite confident Eagles can win, but I don't think it's going to be a big score. I'm saying Eagles by about 15 to 20 points. Mm. What about you? I don't know. I'd never tip against the Eagles, but I'm feeling... I don't think it can be undersold. Like I've said it already, with Shuey and Yo out at the same time, hopefully Nick Nat is the difference. But I think it could be a similar tale to the um, Dogs, where they've got their best midfielders in there, um, in the coalface, if you like to say. But don't even go on for us. Do you know what our win-loss record this year at the Gabba is? Yeah, it's two and five. Oh, no. no I, I don't know the Gabba. It's no. zero, isn't it? 
We've won. Nah, we've won two. We've won two games, lost one at the Gabba. All right. And the one loss was against Brisbane. Brisbane. All so right. he, uh, you look at how badly we played in Queensland. So the games we've lost at the Gabba. Yeah, we've been winning at the Gabba. Apart so the from Brisbane we've lost, been at Metricon then, huh? Yeah, that's it. And um, I think they always uh, – I think it was John O'Brown. I quoted him a bit just being the next Brisbane Lions player. Yeah. He says uh, the Gabba, would, apart from the juice, suits Eagles was more because of the, the hard centre grounds, you know, the pitch there. So when they bounce the ball, it goes up so much higher. It gives Nick that best chance to get it. Oh. And I think he might be onto something there because we've – our two wins in Queensland, I think we've had three, haven't we? But, yeah, have been at the Gabba, so – Oh, well, Hopefully that's a, a positive for us. That's an omen. Um, look, it's going to be a shorter show tonight, guys. We have to wrap it up because Zim's going to cut us off. Uh, join us on all our podcast platforms. Uh, join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And hopefully we come away with a win against uh, St Kilda. And then the rest the destiny is in our own hands, basically. So until next week, Dan, uh, let's hope for a big winner. Huh? To come back in four points extra and being a little bit more positive, eh? <laughs> cool. I'll catch you next week, boys. Yep. Change.